Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, we are going to be talking about parenting tonight and, and children. And so I wanted to start off first and foremost by saying we're not experts. I was talking with somebody before service and I was like, um, I'm like, yeah, we don't get up there and say what we say because we've done it all right. Quite often it's the opposite actually, but we say it because it's the word of God. And just like we taught this morning, you know, we have the foundation of the word and God, of God. And so I can rest secure in, in what he has said, in the promises he has placed out there, even if I have made mistakes. And the word says in Psalm 127, it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a, a reward from him. So we have five kids and our oldest is almost 17. And then 17, 15, so 16. 16, 15 are the two girls and the boys are 13, 11, and seven. And here's the thing. The world tries to tell us that kids just take up space. They try to tell us that kids are a burden and it couldn't be more opposite. Now here's the thing. Are kids a challenge? Absolutely. Absolutely, they're a challenge. But one of the things I like to say, you know, we're into the teenage years, and I'm not even kidding you. This is my favorite stage so far. Absolutely, my favorite stage so far. And when it comes to the teen years, other challenges, yep. Yep. I'm 42, and I still present challenges for Samuel. <laughs> I, pre- I present a lot more blessing, I hope, but I still present challenges. And I think one of the things is we have to learn to reframe when culture says, oh, we're gonna have to walk through this, it's like, we get to walk through some of this stuff. We get to train them and we get to choose our perspective on how we see kids. And kids are awesome. And sometimes it it can be a little bit harder to choose that perspective when they've just destroyed something, when they climbed in and (laughs) the, the, the new car and they're standing on top of the car. Maybe that's only my kids, but they're, they're standing up on top and like, how did you get up there? And they got their sandy feet and they just destroyed it. And they, they let the dog in and threw the house and they just wrecked it and the, threw the Frisbee and it hit the house and just put four holes in it. I don't know how, but one Frisbee at the house one time, put four holes. And you're like, well, what in the world? And you can get this. Can I, can I just remind you? There are people who would give anything to clean up the mess. They would give anything to have those problems and they can't. And to just keep that of, it really is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it's a blessing that we plan on and sometimes it's not. You know, we got married and we told the story this morning, but we got married and we had a five-year plan. Like we were gonna have kids in five years. Like this is Mm -hmm. is what we're gonna do. Well, eight months in, (laughs) like we, we had one. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that didn't work. And then, and then, 11. She was 12 weeks old and I took a positive pregnancy test. And it was like, oh, here comes another one. <laughs> and we're like, oh, oh, okay. So, so, and like, like we, so we already said we have five and yes, we do know what causes, what it? causes that. We're just not willing to quit. So it was like, they just kept coming. <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, okay. But it wasn't something like, okay, well now we're ready for this. Yeah. And honestly, I think the parent, the, the parents, that say they are ready are the ones that are in for the biggest surprise. <laughs> because you're like, you don't know. 
You just don't know that you don't know what you don't know, but you don't know. You just don't. So what we're going to do is just really look at really some, some principles in God's word that really have to do with children because they're all going to be different. They're all going to be different. We're going to apply these principles and, and you're going to have to apply it to your situation with your child because every, every child's different. They're, they're not always the same. I mean, we have one, we're like, great, we got this and we get this figured out and then we have a second one. Uh-huh. I'm like, same recipe, different result. Like it is, it is not the same. They are completely different. They're both girls, but they're just completely different. So we're going to start with Ephesians chapter six, verse one. And it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise. And if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. Um, That's quite the promise. Like children honor and obey and that it will go well with you and you will have long life. Like, I'll take that. Yeah. I will take that. Um, So what that means is that our responsibility is to raise them and that the very thing that it starts with is parents, your children need to honor and obey you. It doesn't say be their best friend. It says that they are to honor and to obey. That the the goal of parenting, that we have to come together as a couple and say, okay, our goal is not to be their friend. Our goal is to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's our goal. Now, maybe down the road, we can be really good friends. That, that would be great. I remember after we got, we got it wasn't, wasn't long after we got married that we were kind of hanging out with my parents one time. <laughs> I looked over at my, I don't know if it was my mom or my dad, and I was just like, have I gotten boring or were you always fun? And I just didn't know it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. And they just kind of laughed and never really answered the question. So I don't know the answer. I really, I really don't. Maybe, maybe I just got boring. But the goal, the goal is raising the kids. It's the, it's the outcome. I like to say it um, kind of like this, that what we want our kids to do is we want them to one, we want them to know how much God loves them, yeah. to fall in love with God, and then seek God's will for their life. Yeah. That's, that's what we're trying to do with them. Because Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of their life. And it's not just our hearts, it's our children's hearts as well. It's guard this. So what we wanna do is we wanna start godly habits in our children. And when I say that, I think, some people bristle because, because as parents, we want it so much to be their decision. Mm-hmm. We want it to be their decision. But I want to read from 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, and it says this. This is chapter 3, verse 1. Everybody say one. one. <laughs> Try that again. Everybody say one. One. Ah, there we go. Okay. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now we're going to read, and we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. Everybody say seven. 7. All right, here we go. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Does that hit anybody a little interesting? In verse 1, it says, 
the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. Well, I'm not a genius. I was homeschooled, but I know that one comes before seven. And verse seven says this, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. You wanna know what I see here? What I see is that Samuel, in verse one, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Samuel did not yet have a relationship with God, but he's ministering before the Lord under Eli. What does it mean? He was literally working in the temple. He was working at the church. He was ministering before the Lord before he even knew him. He didn't even know him yet. He didn't have a relationship and yet he was still ministering before the Lord. And I'm like, start some godly habits in your kids and start young. Well, they might not understand it. That's okay. They show up at church and they see what you're doing. They're gonna get excited. And, and, And remember, we can teach anything we want, but we reproduce what we are. So one of the things that I really wanted to say here when it comes to um, habits in our kids is a lot of times they will pick up what they see. And one of those things that's really, really important is that they see us praying and prophesying the word of God over them. So if you look at Luke 2, uh, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple. And while they were there, it says that both Simeon and Anna prophesied over Jesus. And then what it says in Luke 2, 51 is it says, his mother treasured all of these things in her heart. There, there will be times that are tough when it comes to parenting. And so you need to have a vision for your children from God based on his word and based on listening to the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we, that we trust that God will speak to us concerning our kids. You know, we can start and we can say, okay, we're, we're, Where do I start prophesying over my kids? When we prophesy, when we read the word of God, those promises are for us. And so it says in Isaiah 54, 13, all of your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. Start there. So maybe your kids, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm a grandma and I just found Jesus and I didn't know him before. And I've got kids that now have kids. What do I do? Prophesy over your kids. You start there. You start that your children that it says your children will be taught by the Lord. Well, then you say, you know what? My adult children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. My grandchildren will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. And ask God for a vision for your kids. So when when we first got married, we, like Samuel said, um, we got pregnant and we'd been married for eight months. And so we had only known each other for 14 months. I think, no, 14. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, go math. So we had known each other for 14 months. We had a baby and then we had another baby and I was not gonna have kids. That was an interruption to my plan. Um, Every great thing in my life has been an interruption to my plan, by the way. Um, That was an interruption to my plan. And so when we had the kids, it took my heart, three kids to shift toward home. Uh, And that came, even that came via prayer. But I remember I was talking with my mentor at one point And she said, we were working through a book and she said, I want you to ask God for a specific vision for your your kids and for your life. And so I was like, okay. And it wasn't very exciting to get a vision for the kids. So I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I'll get a vision for my life because I'm driven and I'm ready to go, go, go. I'm done with the diapers and that, that sort of thing. And I remember God gave me this really clear vision. He had 
this building. It was a standalone building, not connected to a church, but it was a ministry building. There was counseling or mentoring or something happening, and there was music, and I know the color of the walls, and it was so awesome. And I remember as I'm writing down this vision, it is, I'm like, I am so passionate about it. Like, yes, I want to get there. This is beautiful. I love this vision. Go, God. And he's like, okay. And he's like, and now look, you know, shows me these two interns. There's like this coffee bar. He shows me these two, two interns. And I'm like, yes, we have interns. We've got all these people working to serve the Lord and build his kingdom. And I literally, for the next two weeks, would take my girls, I'd pack them in my van, and I would drive around the city. Because this building, I knew exactly what this building looked like. And I'm like, I will find this building. This is the vision he's given me. And two weeks later, I was meeting with my mentor. And she said, hey, I think you need to pray about that. I think there's something more. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pray about it. You know, like I haven't found the building yet. So, yep, I'll pray. And I sat down and I'm like, okay, God, like what, what gives? What's the deal? Like, where's this building? And he just said, hey, the building might come. He said, but those college interns are your daughters. And that switched things for me because all of a sudden the vision went from me going to do something, yes, good, Yes, that loved and served God, but it became, you need to raise kids that want to be in the presence of people who are building the kingdom and who want to build the kingdom themselves. And then when things get hard, when your kids say, like, mom, like, what if God doesn't exist? Then you stand on that and you say, God, you gave me this vision. I will stand on what your word says about my children, that they will be taught by you. Great will be their peace. So ask God, ask him for specific things. The Holy Spirit is so good and so intimately knows every single one of our circumstances. He so intimately knows what your kids need better than we ever could. It will look different than the people around you. It should look different than the people around you. Every single thing he tells you though, will be in line with this. Every single thing but get a vision for your kids and let it be prepared by the word of God. Come on. And remember, you can teach whatever you want, but you reproduce what you are. Our kids are sponges. You know, when they're really little, it's just, you're just trying to keep them alive, right? You just, you bring, you, you, they, the baby comes home and the first time it sleeps through the night, you're like, is it alive? Like, that's great, but is it alive? And you run in and you're holding them and they don't want to be held and they do like the death bend back thing where they try to get out and you just, you, you just try to keep them alive. But, but before you know it, here's the thing. They are sponges and they're not, pay, they pay way more attention than we think they do. It was, uh, I'm trying to remember how old Avery was. She wasn't, she wasn't very old, but we were visiting some friends. And, and we're talking with our friends and, and they're asking about, uh, uh, well, about God and some stuff and the church and, and things. So we're, we're in there and the kids were all up in the hot tub and they were all small enough. They could all just climb in the hot tub and they're up there and we're, we're sitting there talking. And one of my buddies, his, his son comes running in. He's about this big and he just comes running. And he goes, mom, dad, I just got baptized. And then he turns out and then he just runs back out. And I'm standing there and my buddy looks at me and he goes, what? Because here we are and we're talking. And he'd even, he'd even been asking because we had some services at church. And he's like, now, when do you think kids should get baptized? And then what about? And like, like when do you, you know, I'm trying to think, I got some 
kids. And, and so now his youngest just runs in and goes, I got baptized and runs back outside. And I'm like, um, and he looks at me and I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in here with you. What do you, I don't, I don't know anything. So we're like, yeah, um. So Avery, Avery comes down. How old do you think Avery was? Oh, eight, nine. Eight, nine years old. So I'm like, Avery, what's, what's going on up there? I thought you guys were in the hot tub. She's like, we were. I'm like, well, okay, why does somebody think they got baptized? And, and she goes, well, what happened was we were all just like, we were dunking each other. And then somebody was like, I baptize you. And so we were like baptizing each other. And I'm like, it's a PK thing, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Okay. We don't dunk, we baptize. Yeah, that's how we do. And I go, okay, well, then what? She goes, well, then, then he said, one of the kids said, well, I want to get baptized. So I just looked at him and said, well, then who's your Lord and Savior? And he said, well, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. So I said, well, I baptized you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So I just baptized him. And, and the dad looks over at me and he goes, is, does that count? And I go, well, that's how you do it. Like, I don't know. But that's, that's what the Bible says. Like, that's, that's, just, that's just what happens. So one is warning if your kids are hanging out with mine, they might get baptized. Um, you, just, you just never know. But honestly, it's just a picture of our kids. They just, they just do what they see. Yeah. They're like, this is what we see. They're sponges. They soak it up. And we can teach what we want. But we, we reproduce what we are. Um, so start those godly habits in your children and start them young. Oh, but they're so young. Start them young. They haven't made that decision for themselves yet. That's great. One day they're going to make that decision for themselves and they're going to own their own actions. But until they do, may they be found serving in the house of the Lord. Yeah. And they'd serve because they see you serving and they know this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I just read my Bible because this is what we do. Yeah. It's just what we do. I remember a big, a big part of my growing up was hunting. Still is. It's hunting season. And I'm here on a Sunday night. So anyways, but it's hunting season. He loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and so growing up, we'd go hunting. We'd go hunting with dad. And it was always such a big deal to get to go hunting with dad. And I remember one time, I'm getting ready to go out. And my mom walks up. She's like, here you go. And she handed me, what's wrong with me? Anyways, but she hands me this little Bible because I was getting to go out in my stand. But when she handed it to me, I knew exactly what it was because my dad had one. Yeah. He carried it in the pocket of his hunting jeans. So guess what I did? I knew what to do with that Bible. I went and I put it in my jeans. I put it in my hunting pants. I'm like, that's where it goes because I'm going to go hunting. And this is what I do. Yeah. Just another everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Just, this is what we get to do. Our kids are going to see, they're going to reproduce what they see you do. Yeah, I would go back to that prayer thing too. You know, if, if you're not seeing anything right now, don't give up, be faithful. Uh, James 5, 17 and 18 says this. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. And I think it's, um, when we've heard this before, we've been like, okay, he prayed fervently and it didn't rain and then he prayed fervently and it did. But I think one of the things that we can miss in this is that when he prayed and the rain came, crops grew. Which means when it looked like dust for three and a half years, 
there were people who were sowing seeds. There were people who were planting seeds. That's the only way a crop comes. And so there were people that were saying, man, it looks like dust. It looks like dust, but I'm gonna trust that there is a harvest and I'm gonna put seeds in the ground. And then when the rain came, the crops grew up because people had said, I am not gonna trust my eyes. I'm gonna trust what God has said. I'm gonna trust sowing and reaping. And I'm gonna continue to sow those seeds, continue to sow them. If it looks like dust, if it looks like death, continue to sow those seeds. Parents, Proverbs 1.8 says this, it says, my children, listen when your father corrects you and don't neglect your mother's teachings. Don't leave it up to the other one. My children, listen to your father's corrections mm. and your mother's teachings. Don't, don't leave it up to somebody else. Um, don't, don't make the other person always the, okay, well, mom's gonna spank you. <laughs> okay, go see your dad. He's gonna take care of you. Don't leave it. it. It needs to be together that you're doing this, that you're doing it together and that you realize that you as parents, you're primary. A youth, a youth leader, a small group, a, a coach, a teacher, some other people can come along grandma and grandpa, and they're there to help, and aunts and uncles, and it's so good to have them. But understand this, mom and dad, you're primary. You, you are the source, you are the home, you are the resetting point. So on that note, remember this, your kids are your business. Yeah. So let me just say this, it's okay as parents to be in your kids' business. Yeah. Like, like you're, you, you are my business. It is okay. Um, I say this, like, my boys, they don't, they don't need privacy from me. I don't shower with them. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. That's weird. But I'm like, you, you, don't, need, you don't need privacy from me, and the girls don't need privacy from the girls. Um, we, we gave them iPads. Uh, we homeschooled the kids, so they have some technology. But guess what? Um, we gave it to them when they were little, so I made their email accounts. So I have all of their mm-hmm. like, passwords to everything. They're like, dad, I need this. I'm like, well, I've got it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I have all of that. And, and I'm like, well, if you need something, you can. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, tell your friends just so you know, um, all of your texts, yeah. I can see. Like all of your texts. So they do, they're like, anytime somebody new jumps in the conversation, they're just like, oh, by the way, my dad can read and see everything you send me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay to be in your kid's business to know what's going on and, and, and take the time to do it. And I know it can take some time. Yeah. It can really take some time because there's so much and there's the internet and what's on the internet? Everything, mm-hmm. like everything. Uh, it is a giant sewage pipeline coming into each and every one of our houses. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to try and like, okay, what do we do and how do we do it? And I lock down my internet and somebody, my neighbor has their internet and theirs jumps on and then you're like, what in the, why? and then they can get on that and like, what? And then they take their things somewhere else and the school gives it to them and says that they have. It's, it's some work. Yeah. It's some work to lock some of this stuff down. It's some work so that our kids know like, yeah, um, Somebody sends you something, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna know, but it is okay. They are our business. Get involved in it. Mm-hmm. Be involved in it. Do the best that you can. Yeah. If you need to, get a subscription, budget it. Budget this, the subscription and it's gonna cover and it's gonna help and the devices and things that they have. Um, 
Do, do something. Yeah. Do what you can. And I would just make sure that they understand the reason, the heart behind it. It isn't, it isn't control. It's, it's love. And um, make sure they know that you are on their team. You're on their side. You know, we tell our kids when they go somewhere, we're like, hey, we'll tell them when they go to our best friend's house. Yeah. We'll say, hey, if you're uncomfortable, you call us, you use, like my kids have a code word with me. I'm like, you use that code word and I will know that what, what I need to do is come and get you. I will give you an excuse. I will be your excuse. I will be the bad guy. I will be the person that comes and rescues you out of any situation. I don't care if you put yourself there or if somebody else put you there, I will come and get you. God does that for us too. Yeah. Our kids were on a youth trip and I was like, if things get weird, if it's uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable. I said, I will come get you. It's I don't our care youth where trip. it is. <laughs> like, like I, I know the leaders. I picked them. I yes. hired them. They're great. Yeah. But I'm like, if this happens, we're there. It's yeah. okay to be involved. That There are kids. I want my kids. I, I am that dad. You tell me you're at a movie. I will buy the ticket. I will show up just to make sure you're in the movie you said you were in. Like, absolutely. My kids know their phone is hacked. They just don't know how bad. Yeah. I'm like, just know I've got it. I can see. I know what's going on. I know where you are. I want them to wonder. I want them to be like, he's probably around that tree. Like my dad, he's probably there. I know we're a thousand miles from home, but he's probably right there. Yeah. Why? Because we want to make it easy for them to make the right decision. Yeah. We want to make it easy. For, we can't control everything that they're doing, mm -hmm. but I want them to know if I do something wrong, I want them to assume I'm going to get caught. If you send me you sh something you shouldn't, you will get caught. So don't do it. it, it it's okay to be in their business. They are our business. Yeah. We got to lift them up in prayer. We need to cover them in prayer. It is okay to be in our kids' business. Um, well, and if they look at you and say, well, don't you trust me? No, no, I do not trust you. There, next. Like, it, it's okay. It's okay to be like, there's a lot of stuff out there. Because understand this, you, you know this. If I fall in a mud puddle, I can get up and I can get washed off. But there's stuff that after you see it and after you hear it, you can't wash your mind. Those images, those movies, you don't want to see. Because once it's in there, it's in there. And I want to protect you. I want to I make it easy for you to make the right decisions. Yeah. Now, what I did not say is I'm going to remove the consequences from the bad decisions that they make. I didn't say that. What I said was, we want to make it easy for them to make the right decisions. I want to make it hard for them to make the wrong decisions. Yeah. Make it hard. And you know, one of the things that we like to say is we don't sacrifice our children on the altar of political correctness. My kids are allowed to spend the night at some people's houses and they are not allowed to spend the night at other people's houses. And I get to decide that and they get to decide that. Um, and it might make somebody feel bad. Well, why do they spend the night at this friend's house, but they can't spend the night at our house? Because I prayed about it. I, I, the Holy Spirit is, is so sweet to us, is so kind to us. Um, Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. It doesn't say 
in matters of life and death, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way it says, whether you turn to the right or the left. And all of the little decisions, when we submit those to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is so good. And here's the thing, it's going to look different in the lives of my kids. My kids, even, even from one to the next, there, there are things that are different because I don't serve the God named consistency. I serve God consistently. And the thing is, I think so often we can say, well, you know, the world tells us that we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent. We have to be consistent. Well, God is the one who told Moses to speak and made Zechariah silent. He does things in different ways. And we have to say that what I will do consistently is submit myself to the Holy Spirit and to the word of God. And so it might look different in the lives of my kids. It might look different in what they're allowed to do and where they're allowed to go. And I'm not going to apologize for submitting to the Holy Spirit. So one small example of that is um, we used to live right up here on 56th Street and um, the kids would love to get the mail. And so most days, yeah, go get the mail. Like, who cares? Harmless. And one of the days, I think Avery was probably seven or eight, and she came in and she's like, hey, mom, I'm going to go get the mail. Like, is that okay with you? And I just, I got this check. And it was like, no, don't let her get the mail. And so I just said, I'm like, hey, girl, um, actually, I'm just feeling something from the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so I'm actually gonna grab the mail today. And I don't even know really exactly how to explain it to you, but I'm really trying to submit myself. And you know, tomorrow you'll probably be able to get the mail. And you know what? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. But even in the little stuff, we have to be willing to say what I will do consistently is listen, from the, listen to the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. In that, we're gonna get it wrong. Man, I, I know I say it weekly to my kids. I, I know it's weekly. It might be daily. Sometimes I feel like it's hourly. Mom and dad are gonna get it wrong. I'm gonna blow it. I'm gonna come off too harsh. I'm going to say the wrong thing or make a face that looks mad. God will never get it wrong. He will never get it wrong. His Holy Spirit, we went over it this morning. Goodness, kindness, patience, faithfulness, self-control, love, joy, peace, and gentleness. These are the things that the Lord speaks through. These are the gifts that he gives. And he is never gonna get it wrong. If I am too harsh, that is not God. I will continue to submit myself to him, but I will apologize every week if I have to. I will get it wrong, but I will continue to submit myself to the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 22, verse six. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. This is us as parents, we're deciding what to do. And the older our kids get, the more different they become. And all of a sudden, the question that we're asking as parents is, well, what does this child need? Because it's different. You might have one that's, that they, they, they are secure. In fact, they might be a little bit too secure, maybe a little bit prideful in their abilities and where they stand. They can just talk to anybody and they're just really, and you have another one and the other one's a little more timid and they're just like, well, I don't really know and I can't do anything. And you're like, no, well, they need completely different things from us. So we have to ask ourselves as parents, what does this child need from me right now? Yeah. Because it's gonna change. It's gonna be different. If I can say something, just encourage you would be this is, so much of our system is set up on age. Yeah. You're, you, 
you're this age, so now you're, in this, you're on this team, you're in this class, and when you turn this age, this will happen. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way. I don't know about you, but there's some people, they turn 16 and they get their driver's license, and I'm like, I will be avoiding that whole area. I don't know where yes. you are. But, and there's others that you're just like, well, you're 16, you turn, well, great. Um, we tell our kids, we're like, hey, uh, yeah, your sister got a phone when she turned 16. And the next one's like, well, do I get one when I turn 16? I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, we'll see. You might get it sooner. You might get it later. We might let you drive. We might not, let, not even let you drive. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll just see. Because it's not, because you're not better, smarter, more wise or closer to God because you're a day older. Yeah. All that's happened is time has gone by. So if you're more responsible and you're a little bit, it's going to be different. So we just decide, this is what we're going to do. Do we got time for one more? Oh, well, I have a story. It's not like a, it's just kind of things will different, be different. So I remember it was a few years ago. Hunter was, I think, three and a half, maybe four, maybe four. And we were standing over here uh, at, above the atrium where there's the railing and it's a railing and then there's like a little gap and then there are the panels on the, on the railing. And I'm talking with somebody and I turn around and Hunter has his knees in the spot, the, the gap, and he is hanging over the railing above the atrium and my heart flips out. And so I go over and I grab him. And I mean, it took a long time for my heart to stop pounding because he was hanging over. And, and I'm like, okay. So I made it very clear to him. I said, you may not touch the railing. Do not get close to the railing. If I see you looking at the railing, like do not <laughs> touch the railing. Got it? Don't touch the railing. And so I was out there two weeks later, I think, and I was talking with a mom and I was facing away from the railing and I look over and he's standing on the step holding onto the railing. So he's safe, but he's standing there holding onto the railing. And my, I am just like, I told him, right? You know, like everything in me is remembering when he was like leaning over. And so I go up to him and I grab him and I am very stern. I grab him, I pick him up and I say very clearly, we do not touch the railing. And I go to set him down. And, and I'm putting him down and he's not going quite as far down as I feel like he should go. And so very slowly, as I'm talking with this other mom and scolding my child, I turn him around. He's not my child. <laughs> that, that, is, that is not my kid. Now here's the thing. In that context, this kid, for this kid, that was not necessary. But for my kid, that was necessary. And so like he's talking, yeah, it was hilarious. Although you guys, I don't think that mom has talked to me since. Like I don't, I tried explaining, but how do you explain that? Like I just told her her kid, they can't touch the railing, but it's gonna look different. It's gonna look different. And we know our kids and God is speaking to us on behalf of our kids. There, was kind of in line with it, but kind of funny too. It was a good one. It was good. It's going to be different. But the heart is that we as parents, what we want for our kids is we want the very best. If we can, we want to buy them the best. We want to give them the best. We want their future to be brighter than ours. 
They get a little bit older. It's what we do. They leave the house and parents are still paying and hoping and trying to open doors and do what they can and give wisdom. Why? Because we care. And what I really believe that that is, I believe that's the Father's heart in every single one of us. Our heavenly Father's heart. You know, we're talking about kids and it just makes me think about our heavenly Father and what it would be, what it would take for our heavenly father to have sent his son, Jesus, to die. What it would take for our heavenly father to to watch him suffer and how much he must love you and me. Jesus was his only begotten son. What would it take you know, the Bible says this about Jesus. It says, he, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What's that joy? What I believe that that joy is, is that Jesus, although he was fully man, he was still fully God. And he was able to look and say, if I do this, this will make a way. I'll be the substitute for Samuel. For Becca, I'll be the substitute for, and he was able to look for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Our heavenly father was willing to watch his son suffer because it would make the way for him to have a relationship with you and me. That relationship was broken, but his, he- his heart was, I know how to fix it. So that's what he did. So here's what I'd like. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If you're here this morning, I want you to know, I want you to hear this. You have a heavenly father who loves you. Your heavenly father loves you so much that he sent his son. He watched his son suffer and die, paying the price so that you could be free, so that you could walk in freedom, so that you could have a relationship with God. He wants to wrap his arms around you. Your heavenly father cares so much for you. And if you're here tonight and you say, I want a relationship with my heavenly father, I want to be forgiven. That price that Jesus paid, I want to accept it so that I can be set free. That you love the honor of praying with you tonight. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Then we're going to, I'm going to pray. Or you're just going to pray right in your seat. So if that's you, get ready and you're going to lift it up, lift it up high. You're saying, God, I want to be set free. God, I want to receive your love. God, thank you for saving me. That you get ready. One, two, three. Right now, shoot up and say, that's me. Say, today is my day. This is my night. And today I'm going to give my heart and my life to him. all the way up. Anybody? All right, I just want to pray over everybody. God, I just thank you right now for every parent that's in this room, every grandparent, aunt and uncle. I thank you for the children that are in their lives, that God, they're so precious to you. As we leave here, God, I thank you that each and every one of us, our desire is to be your hands and feet, to be used by you 
to influence, to help to direct, to help correct, and to help raise the next generation. The parents, God, give them energy, give them wisdom, give them understanding as they raise their children. I think if for supernatural wisdom, supernatural understanding of situations and things that need to be addressed. God, our desire is to honor you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. God, we give you all that we are. God, we ask that you would just move in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.